with the latest Trots news. Welcome to Gatespeed. Yes, time for Gatespeed on this Monday afternoon after Group 1's galore at Melton on Saturday night, New Year's Eve. It's the finals night for the Vic Bread Super Series. Dan Malecki was calling all of the action and he joins us on Big V Racing. Hello to you, Dan, and Happy New Year. Yeah, likewise to you, Matt. Good to see and hear you sound so refreshed after your break, which is fantastic. Happy New Year to you and and to Cozzy. And uh, yes, it was a a, a big weekend indeed. And we're going back to Saturday night now. I've sort of lost what day of the week it is now, to be truthful. But it it was absolutely what we expected to be. Nothing sort of huge. It's easily done at this time of the year. We don't have a great deal of time on the show today because of the racing that has started early. So let's get stuck straight into things and... Oh, there's no doubt this was the performance of the night on Saturday. Perfect class is giving chase, but the lost storm. Round the final bend, he's out by 25 metres. That third quarter was 27.9. And the lost storm into the straight has blown them away like a hurricane. He's category five, and he's number one tonight. What a win this is. The lost storm by about 45 metres. The lost storm has beaten perfect class. Yeah, we've known for a long time that he's been a... A really talented two-year-old, the 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 Emma Stewart Clayton Tonkin camp have always had a really high opinion of him, but he uh, went to a new level there on Saturday night, Dan. That was just extraordinary. Yeah, it was extraordinary, and you know he looked the picture too. I saw him the previous week in the semi-final, and he's the horse that came out of that that gut buster. There's no other way to describe it in the semi-final of the Breeders' Crown when he broke the the track record lead time, but he still still sustained pressure and won it. Uh, but he was out on his feet, um, and the next week he was beaten in the Breeders' Crown final. But he's come through that so well. A lot of other young horses might have gone the other way, but he hasn't. He's turned it around. He looked as good as I've ever seen him look the other night. So it was no surprise to match that to a career-best performance. But what he put up was not just a career best performance. It's probably one of the best performances of a two-year-old that not just me, anyone's ever seen. You know the exciting thing, Dan, I just keep looking at his dad, Captain Treacherous, his side, Captain Ravishing, his side, The Lost Storm. How exciting are both those horses going to be over the coming years? That's right, and also Catch a Wave is by Captain Treacherous. Captain Belisario, who won the the four-year-old division, is, is by Captain Treacherous. So he is leaving his mark, uh, and with an outstanding uh, crop, there's a few other two-year-olds also that are well and truly above average. So in a short time, uh, Captain Treacherous is uh, a sire that is on the, the lips and at the forefront of everybody's minds in harness racing. Did you expect him to win by that margin, that is easily? Ah, oh, well, uh, if I did, uh, I'd be silly for not uh, betting on margins or something like that. But, um, oh, look, I expect that he would probably be able to win, and he, and he would have had a bit on them, and there was no doubt uh, he was the best horse in the race, hence why he started at $1.45. But I don't think you can ever expect, no matter how good they are, to win by big spaces, because the scary part of all that uh, was... You know, Mark Pitt didn't really have to drive him out over the last furlong. That was the horse doing it. That's his natural athletic ability that was taking him there. And they're things you just can't teach horses. They've got to be instilled physically. And uh, he's got all the attributes. Dan, I'm going to get you to pick between the two of them. Captain Ravishing and the Lost Storm. You can only have one. Oh, look, that's still easy to do. Uh, one's a three-year-old, one's a two-year-old. Uh, Captain Ravishing for mine. Uh, remembering the Lost Storms run the other night as 
great as it was, it was amazing, actually. He was 1.1 off the track record. Um, for a two-year-old, that's, that's unheard of. But the horse that holds that track record is Captain Ravishing. So I, I, Captain Ravishing, absolutely. And he's only a couple of weeks away from racing uh, as well. He's... Um, well, they've turned three and four respectively, so he's now a four-year-old Captain Ravishing. Uh, New Year's Day was uh, was their birthdays. Uh, but the lost storm, he could be closing in fast. And uh, Emma Stewart, we talked to yesterday um, on the radio, Matt Stewart and I, and Emma intimated that her and Clayton are looking at taking a team of horses to America to live and train there for a short period of time. And I reckon you could guess which horses are at the top of the list for her to take. Yeah, I was listening to that interview yesterday and I, I was enthralled by it. So I've actually got a grab here of uh, Emma Stewart yesterday on the radio on, on race day mornings discussing that potential uh, trip overseas. Let's have a listen to her on, on race day mornings yesterday. We've sort of been seriously thinking about taking a team over to America because um, sort of with the way the system sort of is a little bit here, it's sort of hard and the horses um, hit a certain grade, and they're sort of very limited, especially uh, the mares. So we've actually been thinking about taking a team over to the States, and we've been sort of in talks with uh, Summit Bloodstock into sort of setting us up a little place over there. So um, I don't think it's a crazy idea is what it sounds, and um, we'll sort of look more into that um, in the new year and just and see what's available for him. The, the really interesting thing that I found about that, Dan, was... It wasn't just an idea that Emma has. It's it's something that she's given genuine thought to and has obviously had discussions around that already. So they're a fair way down the track with those potential plans, which would be exciting because, as she pointed out further on in her interview, for a lot of the horses in her, in her stable, there's not a lot left that they can... Um, achieve, if you know what I'm saying. They're, they've sort of reached their mark, and it would be it'd be the next step for for not only her as a trainer, but also for some of her horses. No doubt. Well, she mentioned the mares, and once the mares turn five, there is less options for the ones at the top grade. She's had trouble with the, with the likes of, say, a Majida and even a Ladies in Red. They're, they either run against the boys or they've got limited opportunities through the course of the year, which actually doesn't make it worth it for what they're up against. And she's had a lot of other uh, top quality mares that have been retired early. So um, there are a lot of other options in America. Doug's babe, who won the Vic Bread four-year-old final, she's been sold to U.S. interests. She might still be here for another month, but she's heading to the U.S. The U.S. like to buy the mares. It offers them another option. But she's also got the arsenal. She's got the weaponry with uh, horses like the Lost Storm and... Um, Captain Ravishing, who already run time here, and the mind boggles as to what sort of time they'd run on the even bigger tracks, tracks that are really made for fast times in the US, uh, on the East Coast in particular. So um, she's got a team of horses uh, to be able to do it with. She doesn't have to go and recruit them. She's already got them there. And uh, you strike while the iron's hot, don't you? If you're thinking of doing it, there's only op- certain opportunities where you can do it. And it seems like now with the team of horses, there are her own horses that she'll be able to to do it with and with Clayton and they're still wanting to improve like true thorough professionals that are already at the top of their game they're not happy with just being there they want to continue to improve uh, with the way they go about their training so they're not willing to stop right now and I find that really exciting. Dan as you mentioned about the the big attraction so what they really can hook along and scoot over there in America how do you line up the times from here on our circumstances to theirs under their circumstances? 
Oh, look, we've made massive inroads over the last 20 years in particular in the times that they've been running uh, at Menangle, which would be our fastest track. That's the, that's the one that we can draw some uh, comparisons to, to the US. Um, but the US, it's all mile racing, and they're mile racing, mile racing, mile racing. All our features on Saturday night were 2,240 metres, and we're still running ridiculously quick times. The Lost Storm 152.2 for a two-year-old. Now, 20 years ago, that would have been the fastest time ever for over the mile uh, for a two-year-old. It's, it's quite extraordinary that they can sustain um, that strength. But even though they're milers in the US, they don't consider milers speed horses. You've got to be pretty tough uh, to be able to win those races because they keep running. And even at Menangle, horses that are suited to the miles and can carve out the best times are often horses that we would consider tough because they can maintain a solid speed for a mile. So um, the gap has closed, but it's obviously quicker over there. Um, and we have got uh, the talent of horses with the U.S. blood that has often been bred into the Australian uh, breeding uh, system over the last 20 to 30 years, but the improvement in it over the last 10 or 15 has been more noticeable than at any other time previously. And these are stallions as well. The Lost Storm would be a, is a colt, uh, Captain Ravishing likewise. So anything that's got the ability to, to be a, a sire, particularly in dual hemispheres, that augurs really well. Uh, for the Australian breeding industry, if they get their opportunity to go overseas to see them at the absolute best, uh, record fast times, uh, potentially break records. We've had horses years and years ago that have gone over there. Cardigan Bay is one that immediately comes to mind, and he beat Brett Hanover, the, the fastest horse in the world, the world champion at the time. So the Australians or the Australasians have done it before. Now, when we spoke with Nathan Jack the other day, he said, what's your best? He said, crevasse d'or. He was spot on, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Cravastor is a top-line horse. He did play it safe, with all due respect, though, because it was $1.12. But <laughs> I think part part of, uh, at the time, he was slightly longer than that. But he's a really good horse. And, you know, Nathan's the sort of guy that he's a true professional. Uh, but he was just feeling a little bit of pressure on Saturday night, and he admitted that. And I think that's great, because that just goes to show what he thinks of this horse and where it's probably going to take him. He's been the dominant three-year-old, and I think he's still getting better. And it was certainly a dominant win. Uh, he's now a four-year-old, uh, and I can see him taking on the best of the four-year-olds uh, and being right up there. Uh, in fact, they'll have to lift their game, the, the, the older horses. If they're going to match uh, Cravash Dor, he might be one of the best ones that Anton Galino and Yabby Dam Farms have produced. Speaking of Nathan Jack, Dan, uh, the drive on the locomotive for the two-year-olds final was outstanding as well. Yeah, well, I don't know what about the 850 metres point there. The, the horse, uh, it looked, probably the way the race was being run was going to suit him, but he went off stride. He, he, he seemed to go rough and gallop a couple of strides, and uh, I'm sure Nathan for a few moments there thought, uh-oh. Uh, but as it was, he showed his true professionalism. The horse, he was able to cart up three wide and show a bit of fight at the end. Only a two-year-old. And in a long season, I think uh, he, he's had better performances throughout the year and many of those horses as well, even the ones that got the job done, uh, are really looking forward to the paddock and I'm sure he's one of them, the locomotive. He's by muscle mass, beautifully bred out of La Cucaracha, a champion uh, trotting mare. So he's bred to be anything and so far he has been uh, just something special in his first season. And well done to Wayne Potter, trainer as well, but... It was a, a terrific night, a, a double, two winners for uh, Nathan Jack, two group ones. This is Big V Racing here with Matt Nevitt and Sean Cosgrove, and it's gate speed as we look back on the weekend's harness action with the voice of harness racing in this state, Dan Malecki. Uh, Dan, one of the other great performances on Saturday night was uh, no doubt Catch a Wave, and 
I think that victory for, for Andy and Kate Gath would have been extremely satisfying. He's obviously been a horse that has shown a lot of potential. He's, he's, he's won multiple group ones now, but um, I think he, he deserved to win a race like that as well on a big night like that at Melton and, and stamp himself as he now sort of enters into a stage of his career where he, um, you know, there's a lot of prize money on offer for him as a four-year-old horse and then obviously potentially as a grand circuit player. I'm not even sure he was at his best the other night, but he got the job done. And I think that uh, empowers him to being such a, a, a good and exciting horse because I think I've seen him go better. Um, so even if you are a length or two short of your best and you're still winning, um, I think it highlights uh, what a great horse he is. He's only been beaten four times. He's got brilliant gait speed. He seemed to settle really well the other night and, and he simply got the job done. And that's so important. Uh, and he'll be a, a factor in, in all of the big races and, and be one of the rivals of, of Captain Ravishing. And they'll be targeted for all of the same races. There'll be no doubt chariots of fire right on the agenda and that could lead into a miracle mile certainly for both of them and it's uh, it's great to have horses of that depth around it was his race he he drifted incredibly um i did think initially that he was under the odds at about a dollar 35 and i was looking for value for for outside of him but he touched two dollars which is quite extraordinary that in such a, a race like that a horse could go from a dollar 35 out to two dollars but as it turned out um i don't know why because he he, he led like uh, he was expected to, and completely dominated the race. The closest they really got to him was at the finish. He was getting a bit tired, rightly so. Raw for Roscoe was really good getting through on the inside with Juanita Breen. He's a horse that can feature in all of the good races as well. He's really emerged, Raw for Roscoe, uh, but Catch a Wave is something pretty special, and well done to Andy and Kate. And the beard thing, not so much for Catch a Wave, but for us, he's a gelding, so he's going to race on and on. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, he is a gelding. I think he needed to be. He would have been uncontrollable otherwise. He would have been a bit like a, a young Sean Cosgrove or a young Matt Nevitt, you know what I mean? They have to be reined in at some time to make sure that they concentrate. That bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a minute away from Shepherd and Dan, we'll let you go uh, in a moment. But uh, the, the busy summer carnival continues. We've got the Bendigo Cup coming up and then the Ballarat Cup on the other side of that. So um, a busy summer of country racing continues in, uh, in Victoria. Yeah, but before we know it, we're right into the summer of glory by the time we get to the Ballarat uh, Cup and then there's the great um, Southern Star and, of course, the Hunter Cup in the first weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday of uh, of February. So there's uh, great harness action, but anyone that's been involved in harness racing, when you think of hot weather, you think of the harness. Yes. When you think of summer, you think of harness racing. And you think of family, you think harness racing. And uh, that was so evident on Saturday night at Melton. It was great weather, which always helps. So the crowd was fantastic. A wonderful ambience within that crowd uh, and it was a pleasure to be a part of yeah, it was a terrific night and great calling as always dan i look forward to catching up with you on thursday to preview the weekend's action once again likewise thanks fellas